It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. So now, KD is staying. Hmm. The Washington Commanders will begin the season without a key member of their defense. And Pete Carroll has yet to make a decision on his starting quarterback. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The months-long Kevin Durant saga came to a compelling, a climactic close on Tuesday when Kevin Durant decided to go back to Brooklyn, decided to play ball, decided he was fine not being traded, just as everyone predicted, including our next guest, Adam Armbrecht from Locked On Nets. Well, maybe that's not exactly what happened, uh, but luckily on the internet, no one remembers anything you said before, so we will not hold you to any of your own takes. Adam, um, what what is your reaction to this being the outcome here? Did you record that yesterday? That wasn't, we didn't go live with that, did we, Peter? That that seems a little bit disingenuous. Ooh, we're having a private ooh. conversation. Um, I, I mean, I'm surprised to say the least. And my only uh, refuge from having the complete opposite perspective yesterday <laughs> is that people like Sham Sharania were writing articles for The Athletic around other teams that were coming to the table with trade proposals and different packages. And that it was not. Uh, a Woj bomb that broke this. It was from the Brooklyn Nets, right? Care of Sean Marks, who released this statement. So um, I I think both sides probably, and especially for Kevin Durant, this meeting, the sense you get is you walk in, Sean Marks says, listen, these are the offers. And this may sound weird given our recent interactions, but I think you're too good to take anything less than what you're worth. What do you want to do? we can go forward like this. I, you Maybe you want to sit out for training camp. Maybe you want to go into the season and see how this plays out. But if no one's going to come to the table with an offer that is reasonable, let alone destinations you may have on, on your possible list, maybe we reconsider the idea of what the premise was when we brought Kyrie here and you here, that we could be a really good team that could win a lot of basketball games. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a coincidence that this comes, what, 24 hours after we get reports of the Atlanta Hawks poo-poo platter offer yeah. and some of these other things where it's just like, yeah, no one has really offered anything of value to the Nets that would make them even close to consider a trade like this. So I think the, the next logical step here is, okay, now what happens with Kyrie Irving? Because Kevin Durant went to Brooklyn with the idea that, hey, I'm going to play ball with this guy who I admire as a player. I, I think there is an easy assumption to make that part of his frustration, Kevin Durant's with the team was based on their non their their lack of commitment to Kyrie Irving what happens with Kyrie now yeah I think the the funny part about this is and Doug and I talked about it on the podcast rejoice Kevin Durant is as you say returning to the team that he's under contract for um, but he's going to play for them and it feels like what what a relief right we can go into training camp go to the regular season but now there's all these other caveats How, where is Ben Simmons looks like he's going to be healthy and ready to go how do these guys gel on paper could be the perfect combination of talent and pieces to be really successful. 
Now, though, I think it's going to be how does the season start? How do things look as you get towards the deadline? This is not all, hey, tie a bow on it. We're going forward four years. Kyrie Irving gets signed immediately to an extension. I, I think that that could be in the works. I think that it can be on the table. But everything about this just feels like, hey, why don't we all take a breath here? Let's see what this looks like when we get on the court together. And if it's all going the right way, four years, four years to win some titles, right? Like four years to establish a championship power in Brooklyn. That that was the legacy piece for Kyrie Irving and for Kevin Durant. Didn't want to do it in Golden State. Wanted to be in his own place with his friend. We can still do that. You just have to, you know, men in black erase your mind with that little zapper or take the blue pill, red pill, go down the rabbit hole. You have to be willing to commit to this idea <laughs> that whatever has happened to this point need not be the determining factor about the future. It can all be undone right now. And the fascinating component to me is the Steve Nash, Sean Marks piece and how much legitimacy we put into the it's them or me ultimatum that Kevin Durant supposedly put out. Uh, Long-winded, but speculation was that was Kevin Durant trying to push as hard as he could to get traded and maybe say a lot of things that he need not actually have convictions about. This at least walks that back marginally. Stay up to date on the Brooklyn Nets by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and the Locked On Nets podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Commanders will start the season without one of their key players on defense. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's great joys. I had one today, had it before a workout. It was spectacular as it always is. And it was, in fact, the new cookie dough flavor. I'm obsessed with it. I just bought a box, opened them up, and could not wait to tear them open and devour one because that's what I do. It's about three bites because these things, in addition to being delicious, and they are covered in 100% real chocolate with pieces of cookie dough in them, have the protein-infused puff. It is a protein-infused marshmallow. Think of that. Plus, we're talking about 15 grams of protein and just 160 calories. Go to Built.com to get a box for you and the family. It's the perfect treat. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough puff covered in 100% real chocolate. Run, don't walk to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. In a stunning move, Artie Moreno is exploring a sale of the Los Angeles Angels. 
What's going on, everybody? It's John from Locked On Angels with this uh, news flash. There's a couple things to consider here. One, the statement from Artie Marino tells me that this is happening. They've long considered this. He's 76 years old, and he knows that he is the villain, so to speak, here, uh, especially with Angel fans who have been disappointed in some of his decisions over the last 10, 12 years. Uh, So I think that it's going to happen. This is not in question. It adds an entirely new wrinkle to the Shohei Otani conversation. His contract, extension, what's going to happen there. And and on that note, will this new ownership go over the luxury tax and pay for players to put a good product on this field? Well, I think they will because anybody who's going to spend $2.2 billion on this team is going to want to have a winning team. The Angels went from $184 million when already bought them to $2.2 billion with a B. And so for me, this is quite an investment for a future owner. Derek Carr, on whether he's immune to stories speculating the future of the Raiders quarterback position, said, by now, I would hope so. It is what it is. This after the latest story that UFC president Dana White tried to broker a deal to bring Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski to Las Vegas in 2020. On the UFC with the Gronks broadcast of UFC 278, White said that it was a done deal until John Gruden blew it up and said he didn't want Brady. And Brady was already looking at houses, White said. It was in June 2021 when Brady on HBO's The Shop said there was a team that had initially shown interest in him in free agency before shutting it down. We get the backstory eventually. Los Angeles Chargers cornerback J.C. Jackson underwent ankle surgery on Tuesday. Jackson's estimated to return in two to four weeks. Jackson reportedly underwent a non-invasive procedure to correct something that he'd been born with so he could feel his best. The Chargers opened the season on September 11th, playing host to the aforementioned Las Vegas Raiders, then traveled to KC on a short week to play the Chiefs in week two on Thursday night football. The Chargers are going to need him ready for battle. The Orioles got another win against another playoff hopeful on Tuesday night. That's another huge win against another playoff hopeful for the Orioles on Tuesday night. Connor Newcomb here, host of Locked on Orioles. It's the O's five and the White Sox three in the first of three from Camden Yards. And first of all, you've got to applaud the Orioles offense in the first inning. They're facing Dylan Cease, maybe the favorite for the Cy Young in the American League. And they get three runs off him immediately with the Ryan Mountcastle three-run homer. And then Austin Voth, the waiver claim, outpitches Dylan Cease and Felix Bautista on the back end of the bullpen was absolutely nasty. And you look at this game, you looked at this series and you thought, let's take two or three, probably lose the Dylan Cease game. Now they've won the Dylan Cease game. This is the kind of game that a playoff team wins. The Orioles did it and they've taken game one against a White Sox team that sits just below them in the standings. I'll recap it all coming up on Wednesday's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. Here is another story you need to know. The Washington Commanders hope to be a playoff team this year, going out and getting Carson Wentz, trying to put together a roster that can compete in what might not be a super strong NFC East. 
But Chase Young is going to start the season on the physically unable to perform list coming off that knee injury from last November, which means he's going to miss at least the first month of the season. David Harrison from Locked On Commanders with me now. And and David, obviously, this is a big blow for this team. How much does it impact what they're able to do early in the season defensively? I mean, I think the, the good news is that we've pretty much known this since the beginning of training camp. This was kind of what was expected. Uh, in fact, earlier in training camp, there was kind of a moment where where uh, Coach Rivera was asked about Chase Young's development and how soon they might see him on the field. And and Ron kind of said, oh, you know, we expect him to start the season on the pup. And all the reporters kind of sat back and said, so you expect him to start on the pup? He's like, well, you know, uh, he's going to miss at least the first game of the season. We're like, okay, so Chase is going to start the season on the pup. Um you know, and that was just kind of one of those moments where Ron Rivera and his honesty kind of got the better of him a little bit. Uh, but so, you know, when, when the announcement was officially official today, it's not, you know, a huge surprise. But honestly, uh, kind of going past that, I mean, when you look at the schedule and the way that it lays out, right, You, you week five is the Tennessee Titans. And and uh, what, what I think a lot of people have to remember is week four is, is, his, is how many weeks he has to miss. He can't practice till following week four. So if you're talking about a guy who hasn't played football since November, had two knee surgeries, not just the one has had, you know, the injury that he has is not a simple torn ACL in the way that a lot of people want to look at it. And to come back in three practices, you know, whatever it is uh, to face the Tennessee Titans who are known, you know, to be really, really strong up front to ask him to take on potentially a Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? If I'm the Titans, I'm running right at 99 to see just how healthy he really is. I don't know how realistic that is, but then you look past that and week seven is a is a is a short turnaround Thursday night football game in Chicago. So you're gonna put Chase Young on an airplane, fly him to Chicago, put him on a bus, make him sleep in a hotel. That may not be. I mean, honestly, Peter, even though the, the pup is four week minimum, we may not see him till week seven or eight. And the schedule is not an easy one. Opening with Jacksonville, okay. Opening with Detroit after that, but then it's Philly at Dallas, Tennessee, which you mentioned, to Chicago, which you mentioned. Home for the Green Bay Packers yeah. at Indy, home for Minneapolis at Philadelphia. Yeah. That's like a month and a half stretch. That is a br- almost two months. That is a right. brutal stretch to get to get him acclimated back to, to football. So how will they try and mitigate Chase Young's non-arrival because he could be back on the field, but not the Chase Young that we saw pre-injury? What do they yeah. have in place that could help mitigate that loss? Uh, James Smith Williams, you know, he's, he's, he's the replacement. Casey Tuhill is a guy who got a lot of reps last year while chase and both Montez sweat were dealing with, you know, chase's injury COVID for Montez. And then some personal things that happened uh, late in the season with Montez's family, unfortunately. So those guys have a lot of reps and, and Daniel wise defensive lineman uh, for Washington has had a really great training camp for Mathis is a very big, large body uh, second round rookie that they brought in. He unfortunately limped off the practice field today on Tuesday so we'll have to see what happens with him Wednesday and moving forward. It didn't look super serious, but you know how these things uh, can kind of work out. So, um, and then what's exciting to me is that we've actually seen some three, four looks too, where you have Federian in the middle, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen as your defensive ends. And then guys like James Smith, Williams, Montez Sweat, Casey Tuhill as stand up outside linebackers, which honestly, when Chase Young does come back, I think that actually might suit him uh, a little bit better if they do that a little bit more often, but we'll see how much they actually uh, employ that kind of thing. Really though, Peter, I mean, you would love if Chase Young being gone, it was the biggest issue that this defense is having to deal with. But you still have three other first-round draft picks on your defensive line. And then again, another second-round draft pick in, in your depth uh, on, the, on the defensive line. And you're not getting penetration from any of them. So really, it's, it's, it's weird to say, but Chase Young not being there is almost a secondary problem because 
even if Chase Young's there, if you're not getting penetration from Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, and Montez Sweat, it doesn't matter if 99 is over there because we've already seen he's not going to get penetration if the other guys aren't also being a threat to the deeps, to the offensive line. So as, as much as it might be weird to say and for, for everybody outside of Washington to hear Chase Young not being around is really kind of a secondary problem. Stay up to date on the Washington Commanders by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Commanders podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, Pete Carroll isn't ready to name a starting quarterback, and everyone is totally okay with that. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all of your gambling needs. A few Major League Baseball lines to keep an eye on Wednesday. The Rockies, home dogs to the Rangers. Bet Online is Colorado plus 120 to win at Coors Field. The A's are home dogs to the Marlins. Bet Online has the A's plus 105 on the money line. And the Diamondbacks are favorites on the road against the Royals. Bet Online has Arizona minus 125 to win. Bet Online, where the game starts. The Seattle Seahawks are staring at a long, difficult season. Pete Carroll is staring at a difficult decision, but not a long runway to make it with week one just around the corner. Drew Locke or Geno Smith? Rob Rang and Corbin Smith give their thoughts on Locked on Seahawks as to who Carroll should name QB1 for week one. I think the player who has the edge, Corbin, it would be Geno Smith, just because, of course, he is the healthier player. He is the safer player. He is, in some ways, I think, Pete Carroll's security blanket at the quarterback position. My argument from from day one, ever since Seattle made the trade that uh, sent Russell Wilson to Denver and obviously uh, sent Drew Locke here to Seattle, was that Drew Locke was now the most talented quarterback on Seattle's roster, and that includes Geno Smith. And I've seen nothing in the two preseason practices, the training camp practices that I've had an opportunity to watch, uh, the preseason game um, early on uh, that has suggested anything other than that, that the Drew Locke is the more gifted passer. He has the better arm, which is not the slide to, to Geno Smith. He has a great arm, um, but Drew Locke has the better arm. He is the, the, the quick, he has a quicker release of the football. He's more accurate. Um, obviously, he has led to scoring drives um, and, and thrown touchdowns, and Geno Smith has not, despite twice as many plays uh, from under center in, in the preseason. All of that said, uh, you know, I, I think that what, what Pete Carroll said during the, the uh, during the, the, the press conference today uh, about the fact that he feels like he has two number ones in the quarterback position. Uh, I read your article, Corbin. I mean, you, you said it. I mean, the, you know, Pete Carroll is old enough to know that if you have two quarterbacks and you don't really have one, um, but at the same time, I think that we have shown flashes to both quarterbacks. So I think that this is a still very much wide open. I think if either one of those two quarterbacks greatly outperforms the others against Dallas Cowboys or in the practices after that, then I think that he is likely to be the starter. I also think that with Pete Carroll saying it the way that he did, I think that there's a very good chance that, that Seattle is going to continue their evaluation into the regular season. So what I'm saying here is if it is Geno Smith who winds up being the starter uh, against Russell Wilson, the Denver Broncos, week one in the NFL regular season. I would not be surprised at all if Drew Locke is the guy who comes in at halftime, regardless of who's ahead or behind in that game. I think that Seattle is looking at taking the long view of this, the 17 regular season week view of this, rather than saying you have to be ready uh, at the start of the season. So again, I still believe that when it's all said and done this year, Drew, Drew Locke is going to have more touchdowns, less interceptions, more starts, more wins for the Seahawks. But at the same time, I would not be surprised at all 
if Geno Smith winds up being the starter in day one. This is the definition of the old, if you think you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. This is a decision between two quarterbacks we have seen not play well in the league. Geno Smith has not been considered a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL for a long, long time. Could he have a Rich Gannon-like late career resurgence? Sure, maybe. Drew Locke, not exactly the most encouraging start to his NFL career, but has plenty of talent. How do you balance these ideas? You really hope Jimmy Garoppolo gets cut by the 49ers if you want to compete for a playoff spot this year. And finally, most major league rehab assignments take a few days to know if a player is feeling well enough to return to the show. Bryce Harper is trying to make this much easier. He homered twice in his first rehab game with the Phillies AAA team, one to right field and one to left just for good measure. Now it will just come down to how his thumb reacts and the Phillies will add a reigning MVP to their arsenal for the playoffs. Must be nice. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, which non-playoff team will make the playoffs this season? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.